what you want, when you want it, where you want it. This is The Mesh. Welcome back to My Dad Watches The Bachelor. I'm Meredith, and I'm here with my co-host, my dad. Hey, Meredith. How's it going? It's going well. How are you? I'm doing okay. Doing okay. Always good to, to see your shiny, happy face. I know. Next week, you get to see it in person. Well, the, the mom and I are looking forward to having you back uh, under our roof uh, for you know, a limited period of time. At some point, we'll tire of you and want to send you on your way. I'm sure the feeling will be mutual. Well, happy Thanksgiving to you and all of our listeners. <laughs> all right. I don't have any housekeeping news. No, nothing interesting coming out of Bachelor Nation this week. So I'm really ready to just jump into the episode. Aren't you first supposed to tell people to subscribe and all that sort of jazz? Oh, yeah, I guess we can do that housekeeping, you know, the regular subscribe, rate, subscribe, like the podcast. If you're enjoying listening, you can find us anywhere you listen to podcasts. We would really appreciate it. And uh, as always, if you have any questions for either of us, you can message us on Instagram or email us at mydadwatchesthebachelor at gmail.com. We, we love to answer your questions, no matter how small or silly they may be. That's right. We do. I'll defer right. to you mostly. Yeah. You're, you're more of the question reader and I'm the question answerer. Okay. Well, let's, let's talk about the show then. Okay. My first high is that we have our first, our first time traveling since COVID started. This, some may say this is historical. Okay. Well, I'm not sure I would say it's historical. I mean, they, I, I guess it's historical for the show. You know, you've done some traveling. I've done some traveling. They they chose the exotic location of Minneapolis to travel to, which I, I guess we can tell by what these people are wearing that this must have been shot sometime late summer, early fall, because there's not snow on the ground. No one's freezing yet in Minneapolis, and uh, it looks like a very pleasant place to be. Yeah, I've never been to Minnesota, but... Minneapolis seems like a pretty nice town. I didn't have that high of hopes because when I think Minnesota, I just think snow, cold, but it, it looks nice. It, 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 I think it's, I've been there for business a couple of times, so I don't really know the town, but it's very nice. And, and, and they've got a lot of uh, uh, ways that you can get around indoors once uh once we get to the winter, because the weather is pretty tough there. So I'm, I, I think they're, I think Minneapolis is definitely putting its best face forward. Well, good for Minneapolis. I'm excited that, you know, we're, we have a change of location. I think it helps the show, you know, not seem as stale. I'm hopeful. I, I have heard that next season for The Bachelor, we do have like a, a regular season with travel every week. So I'm excited to get back to, more normalcy. Living vicariously uh, through through our, our bachelor friends to see all the exotic locations that they visit. Exactly. Okay. Any other highlights or was that it? <laughs> I also enjoyed Joe's one-on-one date. I think it's just because I enjoy Joe. I think he is officially my favorite guy on the season. He's very level-headed and reserved and quiet, but in a confident way. And I think that if he doesn't win, he's like a hundred percent bachelor potential if he would want it. He really, he seems really good to me because we also, 
in the past, you don't really choose a bachelor that has a ton of personality because you let the women really run the show and you choose a bachelor that's just kind of calm and consistent and there. You know, you and, don't and, have a, a teacher and, 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 and devilishly handsome, I assume, would be yeah. another criteria. Of course, of course. And so I enjoyed the, the one-on-one date just because we got a lot of Joe. But I also liked that we got to see more into Michelle's background. I feel like usually every day it's like we're just sitting there waiting for the guy to open up and we don't ever see Michelle opening up or like learning anything about Michelle. And so the whole date was really Minneapolis based and Michelle focused. I didn't love that we went to hang out at her old high school, like making out in front of her old locker. That was a little lame to me, but I enjoyed that we got to see more of Michelle. Yeah. So, so I put down a couple portions of Joe and Michelle's date as a highlight. I, I, I thought it was really cool that they got to throw out, or I guess Michelle got to throw out the first pitch at a, a Twins baseball game. You know, that's, I don't know much about you know the strike zone, but that didn't look like a strike to me. Well, I, I, I'm not sure that would have been called a strike if a batter had been in the box, but uh, you, you see a lot of pseudo-celebrities get up there and throw it into the sands or throw it into the dirt and, and, and look awful. Obviously, Michelle and Joe uh, are, are pretty athletic people based on their background, so it might not have been right over the plate, but it was close enough uh, for her to get the get the the Joe kiss out of it. And, and I enjoyed uh, Michelle, you know, sort of looking like she was kicking his butt at basketball, uh, even though she really didn't have uh, her basketball clothes on. Looks like she she wears tennis shoes about everywhere because she's ready to play, but uh, that was fun. But I, I wasn't so crazy about the high school piece of it either. I, I did like that we got to see a little bit deeper into Joe. He let his walls down a little bit with Michelle to talk about his feelings. We saw him cry, which I wasn't really expecting. You know, he apparently broke a metatarsal in his foot, had to get surgery. Surgery didn't go too well. It ended up having to get more surgery, and he just never could really recover and had to quit basketball. And so even though they were just crying about basketball, it was good to see them bond on a deep level. Like you could tell, you can tell that they're very in sync with one another. Yeah, I, I, I would be interested in your analysis someday of uh, like the, the ratio of uh, crying to receiving roses, because I'm betting it's about 99%. You know, you know, particularly if the guy can cry, he's getting a rose. Yeah, I, I think it depends on uh, how close to the edge you are of getting sent home. I don't think that uh, Chris crying last night would have saved him. I think you're right about that. He's the one percenter. Yeah, I I do worry. Like they seem like too perfect of a couple for this early in the show. So I'm I'm worried that they're going to last the whole whole way. Well, I, I also have some thoughts on this, but they're not showing up in my highlight column. So uh, we'll, we'll, we'll move along. Okay. okay. My last highlight is really embracing the Vikings of the Minnesota Vikings. I, I thought it was amusing watching the guys, you know, have to like do their battle cries and arm wrestle. Um, and I liked that Chris went from being the horse's ass to wearing the horse's ass. 
Yeah, I I I enjoyed that. I I one of my highlights. I I, I put down Olu messing with Chris and uh, saying that there was a reason that he was wearing the donkey suit, or I'm I'm not sure exactly what he said, but basically saying you know there's a reason that you're the horse's ass or wearing the horse's ass. I'm not sure. Um, you know, Chris could have sort of embraced that a little bit more and maybe had some fun with it and had a, a fighting chance, but he just um, he was pretty much whiny the whole episode about uh, the situation where he had spoken out last week about the uh, concerns he had about some of the guys and you know didn't you know didn't seem to understand why Michelle wasn't more appreciative of of his concerns, but I. I liked Olu messing with him and the fact that he had that on. I had, uh, as highlights, uh, I also put down in the rose ceremony, or I guess leading up to the rose ceremony, I guess the cocktail party, really, the way you know, Michelle was sort of proactive and with some of the guys where she provided, uh, she gave out a birthday cake to Brandon and she was like taking Rick down the out of the building, down the street, uh, where there a, a pianist was playing, and she took Rodney to the rooftop. I mean, usually at these cocktail parties, it's the her sitting on a couch or the the lead sitting on a couch, and the guy is just coming in, and that's that. It just sort of seemed like she was more engaged than I'm used to seeing these people. I think she's excited to be back home in yeah. Minneapolis. She she's ready for it. You could tell that she feels like more comfortable. And I think I think it definitely comes across. Yeah. Well, anyway, I, I just I found that interesting and, and very um, un- unusual. I don't know. It just it just seemed different than than a, a lot of things. And just the she just a, does a better job of hosting people than I'm accustomed to in these shows. Mm-hmm. Well, I have a new group date idea that I'd like to throw out there since we know that you know like ABC and the bachelor producers listen to our podcasts and take our advice. Um, I think from now on every bachelorette season, wherever the lead is from, we should go to those football stadiums and do like some type of date like this one, but whatever mascot it is, you just embrace that. You know, you go, if you're from Atlanta, we're all going to dress like Falcons and we're going to like eat some mice or something. We're going to, you're the Panthers. You can figure something out there. The Buccaneers, you can go pillage, a village or something like I really think this is a good idea. You know, we might have to tweak it a little, but we could have some fun with it. You you just have to. Everyone has to channel the mascot of the Leeds hometown. Well, not not every lead hometown has a football team, but I, I hear what you're saying. I like the concept. Any team or like the closest one, and I think we we can make it fun. The less human like these mascots are. Okay, well that's I. I would be down with that. I think that's a good idea, and, and I'm sure that the producers will be listening to this. Thank you. Thank you. Are we ready to go to Lowe's? Let's. I have my biggest low of the season. I absolutely hate gross eating challenges. I hate them with a passion. When we were younger, we used to watch Survivor as a family, and I always hated the episode where they had to eat gross foods, and I still hate it today. I do not have the strongest stomach and it just makes me feel uncomfortable watching it happen. Do they do they only do this with uh, when when it's the men that are uh, the suitors, uh, or do they make women eat uh, awful things as well? I remember 
on Colton season, they were traveling somewhere in Europe and like went to a market on a group date. They were just wandering around and were like trying some of the local cuisine. And Hannah Brown was really into trying all the different, not so much like gross foods as we saw last night, but like less normal foods than we're used to. So it's not just the men. But I I just don't think I would thrive in that situation. I'm not sure how eating some gross, chewy fish is going to prove that I'm interested in someone. Yeah, I, I didn't put that as a low light, but it's not my... Uh, over, over my life, I've gone from being a picky eater to someone that will try most things. But some of the stuff that they were trying would have been hard to keep down. Yeah, so I, I'm I'm with you on that. Can you only imagine how uh, your brother would do with that uh, challenge? <laughs> well, it's also gross for Michelle because you know Brandon tried to kiss her on the way out, and she was just like, Ugh, "Brandon, you smell like fish. This is disgusting. Like, yeah. It's not yeah. good for anyone." All right. What else do you have for a low? I have. I think it's a low, but I thought it was amusing as too. Watching Martin stick his foot in his mouth, talking to Michelle about how the girls in Miami are high maintenance. You know, that conversation just went downhill very quickly. You know, Michelle's like, oh, well, how are females high maintenance? Martin's like, you know, they just expect someone to do everything for them. And Michelle's like, okay, but what's the difference between like a female that's high maintenance and a male that's high maintenance? And I don't think Martin understood what he was doing wrong because he just kept digging deeper into his hole. And it was funny to watch. Yeah, you, you, uh, it was somewhat cringeworthy. And uh, yeah, I, I had that down as well. He's trying to have, he goes in trying to show that he can be serious and have a vulnerable conversation. Maybe he was getting ready to cry. I don't know. You know, maybe he needed to cry by the end of that conversation. But uh he definitely put his foot in it and and then just kept kept just kept digging. Not good, Martin. No, and uh I didn't love his confessionals afterwards about how yeah, I think there was some miscommunication on her part. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I uh, you and I I think we're both surprised that uh Martin didn't get his walking papers last night or last week. Or last week, okay. Yeah, I. Um, well, he he got a he got a one on one date, didn't he? Did, no, but he it didn't go that well. He was defending Jamie while they were sitting in the hot yeah. tub, saying he was still a good guy. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm, he, I'm su- It's surprising he's still there. Yeah, I just I think that mentally and like emotionally, um, emotional maturity, Michelle has that so much more than Martin. She can just like run circles and around him and he just can't comprehend what's going on. I, I, emotional maturity, maybe intelligence as well. Yeah. Okay. Fair. So, maybe too much of that bleach from his hair has gotten into his brain. Yeah. I that's got to be bad for you. <laughs> you have any other lows? So look, I put down as a low... I'm I'm skeptical of this connection between Joe and Michelle, because what is their connection? Their connection is we're both from Minnesota. We both played basketball. And when they're on the basketball court playing, they look like they're having a wonderful time. They look like two kids playing. I think that's great. But other than that, what is their connection? Because to me, I just I, I wrote down Joe has no personality. He's the Bjorn Borg of the Bachelors. 
You might not know what that means, but he's sort of like a vampire. You know, he's just sort of there. This podcast is sponsored by Jackson Creative, a custom communication agency located in downtown Hickory, North Carolina, specializing in online content creation. To learn more, visit thejacksoncreative.com. Jackson Creative, we tell your story. And in the real world, I appreciate reserved. You know, for when you're on this show and you're trying to uh, set yourself apart from the other people, you got to have a little bit of something. You got to have some juice. And he's, I, I just get the sense that he's, you, you, Michelle's going to have to work really hard to pull stuff out of him. So I'm just, I'm just skeptical of this whole relationship. That's fair. I do like, it made me concerned when Michelle was talking about how Joe is the guy that she would have had a crush on in high school because, you know, we, as a female, I can be like, okay, if the the boy that I would have liked in high school that wouldn't have liked me back is showing interest now that I'm older, like I would have enjoyed that and I would have wanted to keep that around. But does it have the longevity, like stability of an actual relationship that you're hoping will turn into an engagement by the end of the show? Probably not. I think that she just has some type of high school girl infatuation with him as well, which isn't the best for it long term. Or, or as your friend Jamie would say, she's on spring break. You know, that's this is her spring break thing. Yeah. Okay. So anyway, I'm 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 just I'm weary of this. And I had a couple of Chris comments, which I'm sure you're gonna get to at some point in time in, in terms of low lights of just how uh, he's whining about uh, that Michelle didn't give him a chance to speak at the group date. And I'm thinking, I don't think that's how it works, buddy. I mean, it looks to me like uh, Michelle's sitting on the couch and these guys are giving the other guys five minutes or so or 10 minutes. And then they come in and say, can I steal her? And if you're just sitting around expecting Michelle to uh, seek you out to uh, to thank you for this uh, inside information, I don't think you've been watching this show very closely. It didn't, didn't seem to make a lot of sense to me. And I'm sure you and I both have a little more to say about Chris as we go through this. Yeah, definitely. Are those your your lows? Yep. Okay. What? Who is your right reason? My right reason is Michelle this week. Um, really, for the way she handles her Chris situation, and and throughout the program, she's been very very good about handling. Um, problem people that come up and and Chris interrupts a one-on-one date, which that can't happen very often. I don't remember that happening. It seems pretty inappropriate. I don't want to say it's unheard of, but certainly inappropriate. Um, they talk and, and uh, Michelle tells uh, Chris that I don't need you to speak for me. I'm an empowered woman. I can speak for myself. Time to walk you out. You know, don't mess with my one-on-one dates, Chris. Get out of here. So uh, so good for Michelle. Yeah, good for Michelle. I think that's a good pick. My right reason is Michelle's friends, Tia and Allie, that were a part of the one-on-one date with Nate as well. I think that I, as a friend, would have done the exact same stuff that they would have done, like grilling Nate to get all the tea about what's going on with the house with the guys. You know, they ask him, like, do you have friends? Do you have enemies? Like, They want to know everything, make sure that the guys like him. And I also loved all the things that they said about Michelle. They were telling Nate, like, you need to get to know her. She's definitely someone worth knowing. Like, she's so amazing. And telling Michelle that she just needs to stay in her power, trust her gut, you know, 
she knows what's best for her. And so I always like getting to see that, that girlfriend time because our girlfriends know what's best for us. Okay. Well, I, I, I will trust you on that one. Who's your wrong reason? Now we can get into it. My top four pick, Chris. He is my wrong reason because he sucks. <laughs> he basically threw himself a pity party this entire episode because Nate got the one-on-one date after Chris tried to throw him under the bus last week for, quote, having it in the bag, which, you know, Nate's a confident guy. He's shown us his confidence throughout the season by not really stooping into the drama. He likes to stay above it and say, I'm not worried about other guys. I'm focused on my relationship with Michelle, which we've established is probably the best way to go about this show. So Chris acts like a baby because Michelle doesn't go out of her way to check in on him after last week when she's got eight other guys on this date that want to talk to her and are making an effort. So she's not going to notice a bottom tier guy throwing a pity party and crashing the one-on-one date. I just don't think that would have happened if it was anyone but Nate on the date. And, and, you know, of, of course, I'm asking the question of, of how does Chris know where this one-on-one date is? I assume our, our helpful bachelor producers say, hey, oh, you want to, you want to take the drama quote up, uh, quotient up a little bit? We'll show you where the one-on-one date is. Follow us and, and we'll point you in the right direction. Oh, yeah. I'm sure the producers were loving this. They're like, yeah, definitely go talk to Michelle right now. I'm sure she would love that. She really it- cares about what you think and feel. Is there any chance that the producer, it was a producer idea where they say, hey, Chris, here's a thought. Maybe what this, you should do this. Are they that devious? Oh, yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. And there, you just have to be strong enough to be like, you know, that's probably not a good idea for me to do. Yeah. Um, just just curious. Uh, I'm not sure. Like, Chris must have some type of delusion going on. It's very obvious to us that there's no connection between the two of them, but him thinking that, like, yeah, I can go crash this one-on-one date and it's going to end well for me. Obviously, she likes Nate more than Chris. I think that's apparent to anyone with eyeballs. But I, he, he had to know he was going home. He didn't seem that surprised. And 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 actually, I thought Nate did a good job responding to uh, the friends' questions and sort of addressing some of the Chris issues when they were all together and yeah, and, and as I think we said last week, if if you're trying to win this thing and you're confident that you've got a connection, I don't think that anything Nate said is out of line and that it's not, if I'm going to get a one-on-one date, I'm, I'm going to get a one-on-one date. I think you have to, I think you must have that mentality, you know, the, if, you th- if you think you're going to be the winner here. Yeah, and I think it's impressive that he doesn't kind of brush it off or try and say, oh, no, I didn't say anything to make it seem like I had it in the back of the key. He owns up to it, yeah. and I, th- I think that's impressive. Well, for, for wrong reason, I also had Chris, and and I just he just seems so obtuse and unaware of his situation. You know, he seems to be living in this one reality over here, where you know he's yeah, he this, thinks he's the main character. Yeah, you know, he's the main character, and I'm you know I've given this incredibly valuable information to Michelle that she's doesn't seem that appreciative to about. You know, uh, he he's. He just came off as kind of a jerk. So anyway, sorry, sorry that you're gone, Chris. Uh, but uh, the the guys that are left, yeah, I don't really think we have any bad guys left. I know maybe one will surface, but uh, they all seem like pretty good guys at this point in time. 
Yeah, I agree. I feel like Michelle's very good at getting rid of the riffraff. And and she's done it much quicker than we're accustomed to. Yeah, she's not playing the producer's games. So who's your MVP? My MVP is Michelle. Again? Yeah, for the same reasons that you gave her the right reason, you know, how she handled the Chris situation, telling him that she doesn't need anyone to speak for her, that she can speak for herself and ultimately wants to be with a man who will let her do that and support her while she does that. And then just, you know, not dealing with the BS anymore, cutting it off, walking Chris out. I think it's impressive the way she handles this. I think that she's one of the best bachelorettes we've ever had, just in terms of how she speaks for herself and can articulate how she's feeling and is good at vocalizing that to the men and to us as the viewer. Like She just seems so much more intelligent, emotionally mature everything like she she's great i enjoy watching her well i i I hope things work out for her she's done it she's done a very good job of uh uh, running the show it you know it just strikes me it's interesting that our our uh uh our two hostess girls uh taisha and who's the other one caitlin we don't see that much of them because uh michelle's so good at this that she doesn't really need them to step in and provide any advice at least that we're seeing at this point in time maybe that will change as we have to make some more difficult decisions down the road we got some caitlin talk last week when the boys were ignoring michelle on the group date but then you know michelle told the boys that they were disappointing her they stepped up their game a lot this week and we didn't need tasha and caitlin the only time we saw them was when michelle men this is the final rose of the evening yeah no fuss no muss you know I will say um, my top four picks really took a beating this week with Chris and Leroy going home. I have no idea who Leroy is. <laughs> yeah, we, we, we didn't get much of Leroy during the whole show. I mean, he was very under the radar. I'm not sure we got more than 10 words from him, but he was my winner pick. And now I'm only left with Clayton and Joe. And you have Clayton, Joe, and Brandon. So you're, I feel like you've got quite the, quite the group there. There you go. I'm, I'm a good judge of character. I look forward to meeting your your boyfriend over the holidays. <laughs> well, hopefully he can make your top four. Uh, hopefully he'll be even higher up than that. You're not bringing four guys home, are you? I, hopefully we just have one coming over the holidays. This is actually our spinoff podcast that we're doing. It's going to okay. be Meredith brings home four guys for the holidays. And- I don't think I'm uh, I'm not signing up for that one. So uh, <laughs> let's move along. All right. Well, so wrap us up with some fatherly advice. One, one tangent I wanted to touch on, and uh, uh, just because I, I know you're a big Taylor Swift fan. Of course, of course. And and uh, she re-released her her an important uh, album last week. Red, I think is the oh, name of it. Yeah, I'm impressed. And then she she's got a 10 minute song, and isn't she uh, one of our podcasting colleagues, Bill Simmons, called it like a, a drive-by shooting of Jake Gyllenhaal? Is, is this is this uh, is this uh, 10 minute song just saying how awful Jake Gyllenhaal is? Poor Jake Gyllenhaal. Gyllenhaal. Okay, him too. <laughs> Um, no, not poor Jake Gyllenhaal. We do not like Jake Gyllenhaal. He basically um, was in, he put Taylor in a toxic relationship. He's like 10 or 11 years older than her, started dating her when she was like 20 years old, when he was like 30. It's a little icky. And 
you know, there are there are rumors that Taylor's basically confirmed now via her I bet you think about me music video that Jake took her virginity and then just kind of bailed on her. Which is not a smart thing to do to a 20-year-old girl who writes songs about her feelings. Okay. How many times is he going to have to relive this? Well, how many say of, of the agony of doing this? I don't know. I mean, you know, eventually she's going to release a new album and we'll move on to, you know, hating John Mayer or Harry Styles or something. But okay. right now it is definitely Jake Gyllenhaal. All right. Well, right. Some, 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 quick, some quick fatherly advice for you and, and our listeners. I, you know, just number one, bring your sneakers in a bathing suit for any date these days because you're either going to be playing a sport or getting in a hot tub. So be prepared on the dates. Number two, um, you know, I'm a Bruce Springsteen fan. One of his songs is Glory Days. And going to the high school date just reminded me of uh, these people who say the best time of their life was in high school. Don't be one of those Glory Days people of, you know, the best time of my life was when I was the high school uh, homecoming queen or football star, or basketball star. You know, that's, that's nice, but let's make sure that we've also are looking forward and, and, and moving ahead. So be careful there, Michelle and Joe. We just want you guys to make sure, you know, I, I was texting you last night saying, does Joe really have a job? I don't, I'm not sure what he does. He's, I guess, a real estate developer. I hope that's really the case. We're worried about Joe. And uh, finally, let's be careful about using that high maintenance card out there, fellas. You know, that's something that, you know, you want to talk to your buddies about that? That's fine. Don't bring it up to your girl. You're just asking for trouble. So keep that high maintenance card in your pocket. Now that is some advice I can get behind. Okay. (laughs) All right. Well, if you're enjoying the podcast, once again, make sure to comment, rate, and subscribe to us anywhere you listen to podcasts. That's all we've got for this week. So join us next time to hear more about Michelle's season from The Right Reasons and my dad. You've been listening to The Mesh, an online media network of shows and programs ranging from business to arts, sports to entertainment, music to community. All programs are available on the website as well as through iTunes and YouTube. Check us out online at themesh.tv. Discover other network shows and give us feedback on what you just heard.